Are you ready to listen to a podcast? Upskills. Upskills. Masterclass. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading the 11th episode of the Upskilled Masterclass. My name's Ralph Tucker. Today, we'll be continuing our five-part series on small business. It's often said that small business is the backbone of the Australian economy, with some statistics suggesting close to half the workforce in this country are employed in small business. This series of episodes is designed to focus on subject areas associated with Upskilled's Certificate 4 in Small Business. The whole course is a little too broad to be covered in one conversation, so we've decided to break it down into five key areas. Legal requirements for starting or running a small business, the importance of planning, keeping track of your finances, building a winning team, marketing your business, and finding and keeping your customers. To discuss these areas in greater detail, we'll be talking with one of Upskilled's trainers, Keith Mockford. Keith, welcome back to the Upskilled Masterclass. It's surprising how quickly uh, time goes. (laughs) Uh, Today, we'll be having a look at the subject of keeping track of your finances, a very important subject. You would have obviously seen examples of many businesses that are very successful. They produce quality products, but it doesn't mean that they'll grow and prosper, does it? No, that's right. Uh, And just because somebody turned around and said, look, you know, I've made an extra 100,000 or my turnovers, uh, you know, increased by $100,000. But, you know, the outgoing of that particular business is, is, you know, 999,000, you know. (laughs) In other words, you know, had they just made a buck. Yeah, you've got to look at the, you know, the growing revenue and, um, you know, the cost in actual, you know, the cost involved in actually doing that. Um, and becoming stress-free. I think, you know, this is a great, this is a very, very important podcast, and one of the most important things, you know, is keeping track of your finances. That's the name of of this podcast. And really, uh, you know, that's what sums up a good operating, you know, business, keeping track of your finances and keeping a good and understanding the cash flow. And, you know, the stress comes in if uh, people don't understand, you know, the fundamentals of, of uh, finances. People uh, will give or an accountant will give a, uh, a business owner um, a set of accounts and they don't know how to read them. They may know what a profit and loss is, but they can't read a balance sheet. And so it's really important for you as a business owner, even if you're just starting out, is to take a course, if you haven't already done one, in finance, just to get to know the terminology, understand what it's about, understand, you know, that you will grow and prosper, but the only way that you will do that, if you know what the cost of money is going to be. How important is something like managing cash flow properly? Absolutely, uh, really 100%. You know, understanding the viability, I guess, is what you're saying to a degree. Um, and that is, is the cash flow, because if you don't know what the cash is or what, where the cash is coming from or where the, what cash is going out, then, you know, it's very difficult to identify that, you know. So when we talk about, you know, vi- viability uh, as far as cash flow is concerned, you know, we define that is well, viability is really defined as the ability to survive, isn't it, at the end of the day? You know, it's a bit in a business sense, that is the ability to survive is ultimately linked to your financial performance and the position. You know, um, a business viability is, is either, one, it's returning a, a profit that is sufficient to provide a return to the business owner while also meeting its commitments to the business creditors, and two, it 
it has sufficient cash resources to sustain itself through a period when it's not returning a profit. And so if you don't know what your cash you know, viability is, and you're in a situation where, you know, it's cyclical and, and, and things have gone quiet, then you really could be, you know, falling into a major trap. What are the, some of the uh, procedures, I guess, that people could follow uh, when they're looking to improve something like that? I'm going to just take a back step there for one moment, now, if I may, because, you know, we talked about viability, okay? Um, you know, one of the, the very first few questions when we're looking at a startup is whether it's viable. Now, that question, is it viable, is, is also applicable to mature companies as well. Um, but what does that mean and how does one ascertain whether a business is viable? So what I'm saying is that the most inc- uh, common interpretation is whether it will succeed. So now we've got the word viable, then we've got the word succeed. But however, that only really postpones the question as what does succeed mean? I don't mean to be getting down to semantics here, but what I'm trying to say is that, you know, if a company is making money, it is not necessarily viable, either because it is also hemorrhaging cash somewhere down the track, or sooner or later it will run out of money and have to close. So what we're actually saying is that, you know, there needs to be a clear definition of the product and service that you as an individual, want to develop. You need to have a clear uh, problem um, of, uh, you know, what you're actually solving and, uh, and why this approach is better than existing alternatives. In other words, if you are, you know, you've got a clear issue here and you need to solve, you know, any problems that may be heading your way and and you need to work out alternatives. So you need to have a clear, uh, clear idea of who needs what, the idea of how much customers will pay for your goods, you know, the planning of how all this will be done. I'm not sure whether, I, you know, I'm sort of coming through clear on that one or not, but it's it's just a really important aspect of making sure that, you know, the full cost of revenues will, you know, cover the costs involved in running that business. I don't know whether that sort of answers the question or not. Really. Yeah, I think if you look at what the fundamentals are of managing finances uh, in regards to viability and combining that with looking at the overall success of a business, would there be uh, certain aspects that you would suggest that people undertake to make sure that that's happening and they they have a full understanding of, of what's going on in that area? Uh, from a point of view, if you're, buy, if you're buying a business, yeah, absolutely. You, you know, if you're taking it from that perspective, and, and let's just take it from, from that point of view, because what you're saying, you know, if you are buying a business, then you need to understand, okay, the advantages and disadvantages of buying a business, you know, identifying whether it's the right business or analysing and choosing the business. And obviously then when you start to, you know, come down to make a, you know, an actual offer. But in answer to your question, whether you're buying a business or not, all right, let's just take that as an example because understanding what's involved in the process of buying a business or indeed running your own business, okay, you want to be looking to make sure that you're financially viable. You need to be looking, you know, at the financial statements for those last three years. Are you going up? Are you going down? And you need to be un- understanding what those financial statements mean. In other words, that balance sheet needs to 
also identify those assets and liabilities. Um, franchising is a little bit different because obviously, you know, you need to obviously um, look at the disclosure statements and uh, copy the franchise agreements there. But in essence, what I'm saying, those just going back to those points, you know, identifying, you know, those statements and looking, you know, every three years at your financial statements, looking at those balance sheets, you know, looking at what you're currently worth and doing a current evaluation, and, you know, you can then begin to, you know, determine the success uh, of that business. So there's sort of really, you know, the, the key areas, and it helps to reduce the risk of making sure that, you know, you are doing the checks and balances on a regular time frame to ensure that uh, you're actually getting, you know, the best out of the year of your business. I guess one of the, the key areas when we look at finance and small business Borrowing money to make money seems to be the old adage, but then again, there's probably some pitfalls associated with borrowing too much money and going into too much debt. You know, I want to start a business, and so the first thing I want to do is go out there and buy my Beamer. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> That's bad debt. That is seriously bad debt, uh, Ralph. I don't know. You know, it's great if you can afford it, but it's bad debt. Good debt is when you're going out and you're investing that money that's going to make you money. And and obviously, you need to be able to repay the debt. Um, but again, looking at and talking to your bank, um, I think, you know, what we've, what we've identified in some of these podcasts is that, you know, we've, talk, we've talked about accountants, we've talked about maybe lawyers, and, you know, uh, financial institutions. In other words, we are surrounding ourselves with professional people. You cannot do that yourself. If you're sick, you go to a doctor. The doctor may say, okay, I'm going to send you, you know, to a specialist. The doctor knows, you know, generally, you know, what's wrong, but he may not be, you know, the brain surgeon or the heart surgeon or whatever. Um, and there are specialist people doing specialist jobs, exactly the same in business. And so when we're looking at debt, you know, um, there's good debt, there's bad debt. The bad debt is buying the Beamer. The good debt, when you talk to your financial institution, is that you want to buy new capital structure. Um, you want to obviously have those financial objectives. Uh, you want to obviously reinvest because there are tax uh, concessions currently and there could be good financial um, low repayments. So you need to understand that and the importance of good debt and bad debt. Good debt's good debt to have because you're going to make money out of it. Bad debt is just that you're driving a flush car. Going along those sort of same lines, I mean, there's arguments that come up all the time in, in dilemmas, I guess, for small business owners when it comes to buying, leasing or hiring. Did you have any advice there in, in that particular area? When you're looking uh, at leasing a property, the first thing you've got to do is uh, look before you sign. And I'll just give you a quick example of that. There was a company I was dealing with, um, and this actually happened, what I'm about to tell you, uh, that this already had happened, but they came in, they, they had some financial problems, but uh, in essence, they were starting up a, um, a paintballing um, organization and uh, company. Uh, they signed a lease uh, with, a, with a local landowner um and fired away but the council came in and put a stop to it because they said that there would need to be an evolution block toilet block on 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 the premises 
Um, there was no toilet block, and in essence, what happened was that uh, they had to get one built, which was above the cost of the lease, and cost them something like about fifty thousand dollars extra to get this this uh, toilet block. They couldn't use portable loos, unfortunately, because the council wouldn't have that. And so, you know, when you are leasing, then you do need to spend maybe five hundred bucks. Go down to your local you know, lawyer who you should already know and who would be able to advise you accordingly and tell you what's in that lease, what the outgoings are, et cetera, et cetera. However, um, if you're looking at buying and you know that it's long-term and that could actually be an investment and that's when it comes back to obviously borrowing money, you're putting that money into property, uh, that could be, you know, classified as good debt. Um, it really depends, obviously, on your current cash flow situation. And then again, if you are obviously renting something, that may be short term. There are tax advantages, again, uh, in regards to uh, renting and leasing, and uh, that can actually reduce your uh, tax debt at the end of the year. Again, your accountant will be able to uh, inform you on that one. Look, uh, I guess at the end of the day, Ralph, the thing is that, you know, each to their own and, and each are very equal, but it depends on the circumstances uh, and understanding those circumstances and having that intellectual property to know what course of action one should take. My my advice would be look before you lease and, and check into, you know, what's actually required. Get, get a professional to check that lease agreement. Never sign anything without understanding all the implications. Yeah, some really great advice there, Keith. Pricing is obviously very important when it comes to small business. Obviously, you don't want to go into something where you're going to underquote and you don't make any money out of it. But then again, on the flip side of that, uh, there's the fact that uh, you might put in for a job and you might be too high, so you'll actually miss out. Is there any tips there for small business owners when it comes to, uh, I guess, pricing and quoting? Do your intel. Um, in other words, do your, do your intelligence. Check you know, what the market is uh, playing. It's, it's like playing the stock exchange. You need to know when to buy, one, when to sell. You need to know that if you've got a particular widget that you want to sell, there are other widgets on the market. There may not be exactly the same ones, but there could be certainly something that's very similar. You need to identify, you know, that cost. Where is it being sold from? Is it being imported? It, what's the manufacturing cost? Again, you've got to look at it. So let's just let's take the the, uh, the plumbing uh, example that we we spoke about er, uh, earlier. So you've now, you know, you've done your apprenticeship. You started your business as a plumber. Now, we know that, you know, there are eight hours in the day that generally, or 7.5 hours, that you, you could actually be working. Now, we know for a fact that you're not going to actually start invoicing from, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning or 7 o'clock in the morning to 4 or 5 o'clock in the evening. You know, that day will not be one big chunk of invoice. You've obviously got to drive from job to job. You've got to do quotes. You've got to buy the parts in. Um, you know, they may, jobs may be taking you longer. So, you know, you suddenly reduce that cost down. So what you've got to work out is what your hourly rate is 
and you, you're really taking that from, you know, 52 weeks, dropping it down to, you know, monthly, dropping it down to, to weekly, dropping it down to daily, and work out your hourly costs with all your outgoings. And then that should give you some sort of indicative idea of, you know, the cost. There are, there are uh, certain templates that you can do that, and, um, you know, more than happy to, um, you know, put those on the, uh, on the discussion board. For everyone to cons- uh, everyone to see in regards to the uh, the pricing, pricing is really important. But as I said earlier, you, you've got to be you can't overprice and you can't underprice. Sometimes people might say, "Well, I'm not making much money," and it has been said, "Well, put your price up by a couple of dollars." And believe it or not, sometimes that works. However, uh, I tend to think that that is a bit of a misnomer, and sometimes that doesn't always work, and it can actually go from bad to worse. If, so you really do need to make sure that your market is supporting your product and is priced at a rate that the market will actually buy from. And that then comes down to, obviously, the question of marketing, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. One of the other things that I'd like to touch on here, Keith, is that if you're buying it or selling a business, how is the net worth of a business actually determined? And also, what sort of price do you put on a business? How do you uh, independently value a business? And I guess that's what you need to do. You need to independently get it valued, okay? And an independent valuation will confirm, you know, that if you're buying a business, then you're paying a fair price for it. In essence, there are three main methods of valuing a business. It's the return of investment, which basically equals the net profit. And if you times that net profit by 100 and then divide it by the asking price, it sort of will give you an idea of what the what the cost would be. The other way is, is asset value, which equals the asset of a business plus goodwill, um, or market value, which equals the turnover multiplied by the industry, which is which is not used in retail, it's more for for the larger businesses. Um, you've also got to take into consideration things like staff. Um, you know, they're transferring with the business. They need to be you know aware of your responsibilities and, and specific requirements regarding the transfer of the business. You know, are there employee entitlements? In other words, and this is one that people do get caught out on. You know, you could have several people that uh, you know have got long service leave up their sleeve, but there's been no provision long service leave payments and then again what suddenly happens is that you buy the business and suddenly find that you know you're out by a hundred thousand dollars because you you know simply haven't you know taken into consideration the long service leave coverage getting back to what i was saying earlier you know um you do need to conduct that due diligence and evaluate that risk of that you know the business you know having it independently valued assessing the employees against the business needs and investigating you know if there's any taxation so what we're actually asking for is, you know, a set of financials from the person who is buying that business for the last three years um, and identifying, you know, what the turnover is and really just, you know, when it comes down to making that offer, make sure that you have actually, you know, look at all those things. But this, uh, you can actually go through the Business Brokers Association. Um, and there is one here in Western Australia, and I think there, is, there are a number around other states and territories. Well worth looking into. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot to lot to consider there. And again, you know, I guess what we're doing here is just, you know, giving a quick overview. But um, 
buying a business is one of those things, if you're, you know, if you're looking at it, then you obviously need to establish the groundwork first. We'll wrap things up in a moment, Keith, but I'd just like to finally, when we're looking at the, the subject of keeping track of your finances, just get a, a brief overview from you on what are the most key aspects when it comes to that. I would break the tax year down into quarters so that we're working from the 1st of July through to the uh, 30th of September, 1st of October through to 31st of December, 1st of January through to end of March and the beginning of April to the end of June. That's your tax year. We then break that down um, and looking at your goals, say, for example, we've just started a new tax year from 1st of January through to March, um, or somebody who may be listening to this could be, you know, 1st of July onwards. But we start at those 90-day brackets. So there's 90 days in each one of those quarters. We need to work out what the cash flow is required for that period of time. And we can, if we've been in business, we can look back on the previous uh, 90 days. So we've got some indication of what, you know, the business is going to be about where it's going. So we can put some markers in the road. So we have a cash flow forecast. We then break that down into monthly. So we know exactly where we're going on a month-by-month basis. We can also break that down weekly and daily. And you can be looking at your profit and loss daily, weekly, minimum, uh, and identifying you know, the cash flow, what's good, what's bad, what can we do better. Are you on track, yes or no? So understanding you know, the, the, the cost of running the business, uh, what your outgoings are, and obviously your tax uh, requirements that obviously need to be uh, taken into account, your wages, your GST, and uh, other uh, contributing factors that may lead to various outgoings. So breaking it down into smaller bite-sized chunks allows you to identify in a much easier way of keeping track of your running costs and keeping an eye on that cash flow. Again, we started off with this particular one about keeping track of your finances. And I guess, you know, if you want to keep track of your finances, you don't want to derail it by not understanding where that cash flow is going. That's probably about the easiest way I can put that. Yeah, that's really well summed up there, Keith, on this third episode of Keeping Track of Your Finances. We've got a couple more to come in uh, coming episodes where we'll be chatting about building a winning team, marketing your business and finding and keeping your customers. So I really look forward to chatting to you about those issues in the, the coming episodes. And thanks very much for joining us again on the Upskilled Masterclass. Yeah, likewise, Ralph. And I appreciate your time and uh, thanks for everybody for tuning in. It's been great. And I look forward to the, uh, the new ones coming up. Fantastic. Thanks for taking the time out to listen today. If you've got any questions or feedback, please head to the website upskill.edu.au. Don't forget, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can also leave us a rating or review on iTunes, which would be greatly appreciated. And if you really enjoyed today's podcast with Upskill trainer Keith Mogford, please tell a friend. I'm Ralph Tucker. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And we'll catch you next time on the Upskilled Masterclass. Upskilled. Upskilled. Masterclass.